God bless you as we seek the Lord together for the year 2022. This is STL 22. Glory to God. I'm so thankful for another day. Thankful that you are back here. Um, this is being released on a Wednesday. So happy Wednesday to you. And let us go into prayer. Father, in Jesus name, you're so awesome, lovely and beautiful. It is just a privilege and an honor to seek your face. Father, in Jesus name, we're asking that you speak to us and um, that you convict us, that you direct us in the name of Jesus Christ. We want to hear from you. We want instruction. We want direction. We want fellowship, Lord. We need impartation from you also. Lord, I ask God that you would send your angel before me to clear the path for this message to be released in the earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm asking that you cover each and every person listening to this with your blood. In Jesus name, Lord God, we love you. We thank you. And it is in the name of Jesus that we do pray. Amen. Our God is so good. He's so awesome. And he is a present help all the time, not just in the time of trouble, but all the time. And we thank him for that. Hallelujah. So we are continuing with Sister Rebecca. We are still in Genesis. We are still in the 24th chapter. Okay. Glory to the name of the Lord. And um, we know the backstory. We know that Abraham wanted his son Isaac to have a wife after Sarah passed away. And Abraham sent his servant, um, presumably Eleazar, to find him a wife. And Abraham wanted Eleazar to find this wife from um, the place where he comes from, the city of his family, um, which scripture says is the city of Nahor, um, I believe one of Abraham's family members. And so the servant goes and he meets Sarah and Sarah is exactly what he prayed for. And um, he gives her these gifts and he says essentially to her family, you know, if you would allow me to take her, let me take her. And so this is where we're going to pick it up. Um, it says... Let's see. Where 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 are we going to pick this up? Let's see. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We'll pick this up at verse 51. Okay? So, this is Laban who we'll see later on in Genesis as Leah and Rachel's father. Okay? This is the same one. They're all related. God made sure that he that that bloodline stayed together and um stayed pure. But once the law came, they weren't allowed to intermarry like that um, so closely. That was no longer allowed. So like we spoke about um, for Monday's episode, how, you know, just because he gave her jewelry, this is before the law came. So they weren't yet a nation. So here again, yes, they are marrying pretty closely. Jacob, Leah and Rachel are actually um, closely related after this um, when Jacob is um, born. However, um, God actually set a standard for his people um, when he made them a people. Amen. Amen. So let us read verse 51. So it's Genesis chapter 24, verse 51. And it says, behold, Rebecca is before thee. So this is her um, family speaking. Take her and go and let her be thy master's son's wife, thy master's son's wife, as the Lord has spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold in raiment and gave them to Rebekah. 
And he gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. And they did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. Okay, so they stayed the night there. They ate, they drank. He exchanged what we could consider a dowry. He gave gifts to Rebecca. And um, he and those people, remember, he took 10 camels with him. So we can assume that he didn't just take 10 camels with him alone. He was traveling with people. They all ate and drank and and they spent the, the night there. And it says, and they rose up in the morning and he said, and this is speaking of Abraham's servant, send me away to my master. Okay, now let me go. Okay, I have this business to handle. Let me go. And her brother and her mother said, let the damsel abide with us a few days, at least 10. Okay. They say, at least give us like a week and a half with her. After that, she shall go. And he said, speaking of Abraham's servant unto them, hinder me not. Okay. Seeing that the Lord has prospered my way. Don't try to stop me. Don't try to slow me down. Okay. Don't try to throw me off course. The Lord has prospered me. The Lord has done exactly what I was sent to do. So please send me away that I may go to my master. I don't want to have to wait here any longer. I need to go and get this oath um, completed, fulfilled, and I need to finish this assignment that I'm on. 57. And they said, we will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. Okay. And ask her personally. We can also... Um, say that's really what they were saying in verse 58 and it says and they called Rebecca and said unto her wilt thou go with this man and she said I will go mm, 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 mm. let me see what my notes say in this Bible when your blessings arrive don't take don't make them wait move with haste wow Amen. Amen. Glory to God. She's still moving with haste. So this lesson is called the call, right? Um, and so we see that there is a call on Rebecca's life. Now to her, she, I mean, she may have heard tale of, um, what is it? Maybe uncle Abraham or uncle Abram at that time who took his wife and, um, Lied and they left out on this journey because God told them to. And now here, the same God has sent a servant to go bring her a part of this amazing story that she's probably heard of growing up. And her response is exactly what the Lord is looking for, not just from her at the time, but also for us today. Hasty Yes. I want to tell you all that God has this way of moving in such an unexpected manner. God does things sometimes that we never see coming. And what God needs us to do is have built up enough trust and love for him and obedience to him that when he begins to move in those sudden ways and unexpected ways in our lives, we just say yes or I will go. Amen. So this is what the Lord is actually looking for from us. When God is calling, you say, I will go. You don't make him wait. He's calling you for a purpose. So Rebecca probably heard something, but she had no idea that she was going to birth 
Jacob and Esau. She had no idea how great the call on her life was and how without her, if she didn't come into play in Isaac's life, according to the will of God, then how would this great nation um, come into being? And how would we have gotten our savior? And how would we be saved today? So it seemed like a, a, a small act that she did by just saying, yeah, I'll marry him. But when she said, I will go and I will go now, I will go. I'm not waiting around with y'all. I'm not spending another two days, um, 10 days at least here. I am going. Okay. The Lord has called and there is work for me to do. And this is a heart that the Lord wants from us. Everybody may not be going off into a different country to meet their husbands or whatever the case may be. Glory to God. But um, whatever the call is on your life, say yes, because it starts with the, okay, God, I will go. Like um, scripture says, send me, I will go. That's what it starts with. But there are so many things which transpire after that level of obedience and trust in God. Okay. And so often in the gospel, when in the gospels, when the Lord was calling his disciples, they would immediately stop everything they were doing and essentially in a second decide that they were going to completely change their lives to follow Jesus. Everything they were doing, everything that meant something to them, everything that gave them their identity, you know, I am a, a publican. I am a, um, a, a fisherman. Everything that gave them their identity, they dropped it. Their family, they dropped it. Um, James and John left their father on the boat. They're like, listen, we're going. Didn't know all the details, but they followed immediately. And this is the same thing that the Lord is looking for from, from us. Don't think that he just, you know, um, made sure that their, their response was documented for no reason. We have to move with that same haste when we see the Lord calling us. We don't know just how great this call will become. But let me tell you something. Any call from God is great. So you just don't know the expanse of it. Let me put it that way. You don't know how far reaching it will be. You don't know how many generations will be blessed. Glory to God. So we have Rebecca as our foundation. Her response in verse 58, I will go. And this is what God is looking for us in this season. And it seems like Rebecca, this pro prophetic season with her is she is working and willing Okay. Amen. Amen. God needs to see a willingness in us to do whatever it is he has called us to do after he's designed us and he spent time with us and he's imparted into us. He's not just going to keep us to himself. He's going to release us to do some type of work. And all he needs to see is us being willing to do it and following his lead. Glory to God. So you all turn with me to Matthew 22. I'm going there myself and we're going to start at verse one, Matthew 22. Oh, okay. Here we go. Verse one And the scripture says, and Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, 
the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. Now I want to pause here and I want us to remember the comparison of Abraham as father, serving as Holy Spirit, Isaac as Jesus. And the fact that the Holy Spirit was sent or proceeded from the father, sent from the father to gather the bride of Christ, gives her these gifts, right? And then ask her, you know, are we going now? Are you ready now? Because a lot of us have these gifts, glory to God, but we don't know how to use them. And I, I will say it, it's for a couple of reasons. One, we're not um, properly taught in our churches um, who we are when we come to Christ. You know what? Let me read this scripture and let me make a let me make a note to come back to that. Who? Oh, now my pen don't want to work. The devil is a liar. There we go. Who we are in Christ. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I'm not going to edit this out. Who <laughs> we are in Christ. Okay. We are. Let me put the spoiler alert for myself. So, okay. There we go. Okay. And let me just write this too. Let me just write. I'm, I'm serious, y'all. I, I want to write this down. Imagine if the disciples of Jesus Christ, um, after he ascended and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and all that stuff, imagine if they just sat down, they just kept sitting and listening to Peter in the upper room every Sunday. They didn't go anywhere. They didn't go too far. Maybe just a couple of them said, hey, let's go to a different different country or something. Be missionaries. Tell people about Jesus. That's where we are today. So it's, it's like, it's no, it's, it, we shouldn't, it's no wonder why we are not um, aware that we're spiritual people. He says, listen, you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. We don't believe it. God has to go through all this. We feel like we got to do a whole bunch of different fasting to function in our spiritual gifting. God has given you these gifts. And this is what we see happen with Rebecca. And we do that spiritual parallel. The Holy Spirit has gifted you. And we're going to dig into that. But let's finish this scripture. Okay, so he made this marriage for his son, okay, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Oh my goodness, they're busy. They're not ready. They just got saved. They're not sure. They need to really figure out how you can hear the voice of God first. They, they, they're not coming yet. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidden Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed in all things already come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. Whoa. So what do we see here? We see a group of people now. It goes from... I'm not sure. No, I'm not ready. I'll do it later. You know, I'll do what I want to do. Maybe God is calling me to this, but I don't think this is really um, what I'm ready for just yet. I just got saved. It went from that to, you know what? He said they just didn't take it serious. And they were so busy doing their own thing that they went back to doing their own things, um, making light of the call of God. Well, I know God is calling me, but I, I just started this job and I really need to work this job. I know God is calling me, but you know, I just moved here and you know, I don't really know anybody. So I don't want to do this. I know God is calling me, but the last time I tried to step out and do something, it went terribly wrong. So I'm not even going to try no more. Okay. They made light of it and everyone went on and did his own thing. 
And the remnant took his servants in and treated them spitefully and slew them. And the people who did stay around didn't care nothing about God's messengers and treated them um, uh, spitefully, which is very terrible. Um, verse seven, it says, but when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burnt up their cities. My goodness. He says, I'm going to send something into your life that will, will destroy you, that will destroy you. And I'm going to also burn up everything that belongs to you. You will watch the very thing that, you know, was your security and was your comfort and that you kept going back to be completely destroyed because you wanted to make light of my call. You wanted to do your own thing. You wanted to wait. You weren't sure. You wanted to treat my messengers like they were trash and, and murder them, treat them spitefully. Okay. Now everything that's connected to you is going to be destroyed. And then listen to what he says. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. My God, my God. The, the fact that you are anointed with a gift, that is um, not what makes you worthy. Your willingness to go, willingness to make haste, my God, willingness to drop those nets, that's what makes you worthy. The anointing and the gifting, all that stuff is really not that impressive if you don't really have the heart and the character and the willingness and obedience to follow the Lord and everything he's telling you to do. He says, go therefore into the highways and as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. He says, you know what? Go and get anybody now. Okay. I caught these people, these gifted people, they heard it. They didn't take it serious. So now go get anybody. And now uh, these people who are unqualified, I'm going to qualify them. <laughs> okay. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. The, the scripture says he went and got both bad and good. Listen, there's a wedding feast. God is calling people into his kingdom. Come on. All right. Listen, the, everybody else was too busy. Everybody else didn't really respect God's leaders. Everybody else was out here doing their own thing. Everybody else made light of it. Everyone else was taking their time. So now I have to go into the crack houses and I have to go to the street corners and I have to get the drug dealers. I have to get the prostitutes. Let me go into the prisons. I'm going to call those people and let them know that God is here for them. God is calling them. Come on. He says, I'm going to get the bad and the good. Anybody, anybody who's willing, tell them I'm calling them. Anybody who's ready to come, tell them I'm calling them. Anybody who is willing to move with the shift of God, tell them, come on. I have something for them to do. There's a call upon their life. And listen, the bad and the good, the ones they had to go out into the highways, they had to go searching for these people. They came. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment and saith unto him, friend, how did you get in here not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He came in there and he came in there and he was not ready. Now, let me tell y'all something. When God calls you, what can, can we just put this in a nutshell? 
Come correctly. Okay? Come correctly. Don't say, well, Jesus, I showed up, but I'm still going to be shacking up. <laughs> okay? Jesus, I showed up, but I'm still going to be drinking, smoking, and straight west and east coasting. No, 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 no. That's not how we show up. What is the wedding garments? The righteousness of the saints. God says, you're coming, you're invited, bad and good, but I need you to get in line with this attire that we wear, okay? And then he goes on to say this, for many are called, but few are chosen. Remember that robe of righteousness that the bride wears, put that on, that will get you chosen. Amen, amen, live a righteous life as you answer the call because there's so many people that want to, that, you know what? They come in and they say, okay, yeah, um, I'm coming. But they come any kind of way they, and they bring in heresies in a different Jesus and a different gospel. But God lets us know right here. Listen, anyone who's not in line with my word, anyone who's not in line with my standard, bind them hand and foot and cast them into outer darkness. I don't care if they did try to sneak in and they did accept the call. Uh-uh. They didn't make it. Remember the call, the chosen and the faithful. They weren't faithful to the standard. They weren't faithful to my word. They weren't faithful to what I said. They were just faithful to the hype. Okay. There's going to be many in that day that says, Lord, Lord, wasn't I prophesying? Wasn't I doing, performing miracles and all this other stuff? And he's going to say, I never knew you. Don't know who you are. Never had real intimate communion with you. Never really got to know you. And, um, I guess I, I don't have all the time to actually get into that, that, that statement from Jesus. So I'll just stick with the lesson that's before me. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, he says this in verse 14, many are called, but few are chosen that robe of righteousness, the appropriate garments, preparing yourself for what God has called you to in a nutshell. Cause that's what it is. Preparing yourself for what God has called you to and not deciding, you know what? Yes, I'm going to come with haste, but I'm going to come with all my mess and I don't plan on changing. Okay. I'm going to stay up around all the saints being the same way I was before. I'm going to stay up around the saints and I'm not going to try to change. No, God has called you drop whatever it was that had you out there in the highways and come into this wedding feast, uh, adorned appropriately glory to God. And this will get you chosen. He said, listen, many people are called many people, the bad and the good were called into here, but now we have to start weaning them out and picking them out. Who am I really going to choose now? I had a whole bunch of people who had a bunch of excuses why they couldn't make it in. Now I have a whole bunch of people who are here, but everybody's not aligning up with my standards. So now I have to choose. Okay. Don't let a person's calling confuse you. Just because a person is out here incredibly anointed, that does not mean that they are the standard. God's word is the standard. As the apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay. As many as, the, uh, as be um, thus minded are perfect. Okay. Glory to God. Make sure that whoever you are, if you say, listen, I'm going to follow this person, this person, you know, I really admire them and I want to have a relationship with the Lord um, that even exceeds theirs, but theirs is a great example. Make sure that person is actually following God's word and his will, or we need to know when to stop it. You know, we need to know how to grab what we can from some people. If we say, you know what, they don't completely align with God's word. We're not judging them. We love them. We pray that they're at the marriage feast also, 
but um, we don't have to do everything like them, okay? We have to make sure at the end of the day that we are doing exactly what the Word of God says we should be doing, and that is um, what we aspire to do. Okay, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go there. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, and we are in verse 8. Verse 8 says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Glory to the name of the Lord. He has the keys of death and hell in his hand, bound up the devil. Glory to God, gave us power to bind him up. Glory to the name of the Lord. And he gave us gifts. He gave us wonderful gifts. And these gifts are for the edification of the body of Christ. They are for the purposes of the ministry. They are to demonstrate glory to the name of the Lord, um, God and who he is. And um, the fact that whatever message that we're bringing is actually confirmed by his presence and his power. Okay. Turn with me to Romans 11 and 29. Romans 11 and 29. And listen to what it says. It says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now, this right here is a very interesting scripture, and it tells us a lot. And it goes along with that. Don't be so hyped up by someone's anointing if they're not bearing good fruit. Don't be hyped up by someone's um, calling if they're not actually living according to God's standards, okay? For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Once you have been invited to that feast, that's it. Once you receive that call, that's it. So that gifts, that word literally means miraculous faculties, the gifts, the miraculous things that God will empower you and enable you to do. That is going to be upon your life without repentance. And what that word without repentance means, literally, it means irrevocable. God has commanded it upon you and he cannot take it back because his word went out on that and he's not going to repent for it. That's who you are. Now, what you do with that call upon your life is up to you. You know the truth. You know you've been called. How you handle the call after you say yes, that is also up to you. I'll tell you, and this is a, a real thing. Judgment day is a real thing. God has given you gifts. Just like he gave to Rebecca, God has given you a call. Just like he gave to Rebecca, he's not taking it back. You didn't see the servant saying, tell her, give me back that nose ring and that jewelry and them clothes. He didn't say that because he gave it to her. But her response was up to her. Whether she was willing to go or not or wait was up to her. The same goes for you and I today. God has gifted us. God has called us. Whether or not we answer the call is up to us. He's not taking the gifts back. He's not taking the call back. And once we have these gifts and we understand that, and once we um, say yes to the call, how we handle it. See, Rebecca, she handled that thing the right way. She left with a nurse. She said, who is this man coming to meet us? When they actually um, got back to um, the city where they were going, she found out it was her husband. She went, she covered herself. She was on point and ready took her into the tent he was comforted and he loved her um for from that moment she was on her job okay she was sent there to be his wife and that's what she did and this is what god wants for us 
We are sent to be his bride. Get to work immediately. Okay. So the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And that calling literally, it can um, be translated in scripture to mean invitation. Literally, just like God says, he invited people and he called people. Same thing, same concept. The, the invitation to come, the call for you to come is irrevocable. God has sent it forth. Now, how you handle that thing, whether you move with haste or not, whether you come and you follow his standard or not, that is up to you. Okay. I want you to know that the call is real and the call is heavy and we cannot play with God. Okay. So, um, this is that prophetic, uh, Rebecca season where the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. These things are irrevocable. And, um, I would that the church just gets into the spirit, glory to God, and really begin to, um, dig in to what it means to be born again. Okay. I know I did a lesson on being born again, um, we literally walk in newness of life. We are not the same people anymore. We are completely different. We are completely transformed. We are completely made new. We are no longer the same. We have the ability to cast out demons. We have the ability to heal the sick. We go out, we preach the gospel. We can work miracles. We can be used by God to do so many things. But the current um, church culture has limited us in so much because it doesn't educate us in this way. And it presents to us a system that we don't really see upheld in scripture. And so because I feel like this is like a full thing, I know I made my notes about what I'm going to go back to. We're going to get into that tomorrow. Okay, let us save that for tomorrow. We're going to stop this here at about 30 minutes and let's get into um, the call and um, how it is actually playing into who we are as saints in this current uh, church culture. Why? We say, why don't we see the miracles anymore? Why don't we see the healings? Well, listen, you got the call and you got the gift. Now, ask yourself. <laughs> I think it really is an identity crisis where we don't know exactly who we are. Forget the fact that we're not, um, we're not following the standards. We're not clothed in our righteousness. We don't have on the right wedding attire. Glory to God. But um, we are not educated to really be integral to the whole Bible. And so we can't really see um, the benefits and the glory in all of scripture um, because we don't know it and we don't adhere to it because we don't know it to adhere to it. So um, I want you all to take away from this lesson today that God has placed the call upon your life. God has given you gifts. God has um, shown you glimpses and he sent he sent prophetic words to you about who you are and you've had dreams about what you're supposed to be doing but you wake up and you're confused and you hear these words and you really don't know what to do with it okay and um that I won't say completely that it's your fault again it's the church culture some churches don't even believe in the function of the spiritual gifts but they are for us glory to God it's how God chooses to use us and demonstrate 
who he is to this world. And um, through that, it's a whole part of the gospel message, you all. When we see Philip the Evangelist in the book of Acts, he's not just preaching the gospel. Listen, he preaches the gospel and then that message of the gospel is confirmed with many signs and miracles. He's not just gonna preach, yes, by his stripes you were healed, like what happens to us in church today, but we don't see people being healed. When Philip delivered that message, he confirmed it. Now everybody in the name of Jesus be healed. And it's because he had this knowledge of who he was. And he also had knowledge of who God is. And at that time, I could say who God was to him at that time. Um, he knew who he served. And uh, today we don't know who we serve. We disrespect God. We call him three different, three persons. You know, we, we, we disrespect him. We don't actually follow what his word says. We have remixed it and we have twisted it. And so how can he confirm what comes out of our mouths? We have to get back to respecting the word of God. And as we respect the word of God, we are respecting Jesus Christ. I don't care. It's not of any private interpretation. It says what it means and it means what it says. And this is what God expects of us exactly what's in his word remember those people they answered the call and they thought it was cute to be there but they're the ones who got cast into outer darkness because they didn't follow god's standards and his instructions because a lot of people are about the hype and they're about the giftings and they're about the call but they're not about the standard and god is about the giftings the call and the standard glory to the name of the god the lord he says if you touch not the unclean thing then I will walk, I will be your God and you will be my sons and daughters. Glory to God. So God has a standard. So we say, why don't we see it anymore? God is still God. He's still the same, but he resists the proud and he gives grace to the lowly. Oh, 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 you know, I could take, I could, we could take this all the way. It takes a lot of humility to change everything about yourself. It takes a lot of humility to cover your head. It takes a lot of humility to sacrifice things that you used to like and indulge in and enjoy. It takes a lot of humility to do these things. And I will, I will say this based upon my experience. Demons manifest themselves sometimes at my services before I can even begin to um, get to casting them out and, you know, saying, okay, in the name of Jesus, demons are already um, coming out. Okay. Um, and when it happened to me the first time I said, God, why did that happen to me? And he said, because your ministry is pure and evil cannot hide impurity. Okay. It's like a little chocolate chip in a glass of milk. Everybody's going to see you and yourself. You will be exposed. And it's just like what happened when Jesus went into the synagogue um, and he read the, the chapter uh, 61 in Isaiah. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> okay. They can't hide where it's when it's really God. And so the enemy doesn't want it to be really God. So he tells us, you can do this. You can do that. God doesn't care about this. You can act this way. You can dress this way. You can live this kind of way. And the devil is a liar. And so as he's telling us that the church is believing him, and then we're wondering where the power is. The power is in your purity. The power is in your um, willingness to obey the word of God. The power is in you upholding the whole entire word of God. He can't confirm the word through you if you don't even adhere to the word. Okay. God resists the proud. He resists the proud. He still resists the proud, but he gives grace to the lowly. So then we, we wonder, Hey, you know, in these other countries, you know, where they're not as comfortable in this and that as, um, most of the Western civilization is, um, you know, they have the miracles and things like that. Exactly. 
because they do what the Bible says. Uh, we saw um, a baptism more recently and there were angels and you can catch this on Robert Clancy's um, YouTube channel. There were angels dancing, literally everybody saw them dancing above the people being baptized. They were there and then it looked like they were dancing. And one thing I noted, I said, everybody had on all white and those women, their heads were completely covered. Okay. We think that the Bible is a joke. We think that our modern Jezebel laden witchcraft laden culture is okay with God. And it's not because he's holy. It doesn't mean that he won't love you. Doesn't mean that he won't use you, but it may mean that he does not know you because you never allowed him, which is the word be at work in you. You just knew about your gifts and you just knew about your calling, but it's more to it than that. There's a whole bunch of people that say, Lord, wasn't I doing this? And wasn't I doing that? And he says, I don't know you. I want God to know me. If I don't cast out another demon and I hope I do, I look forward to it. If I am not used to heal another person and I know I am, I'm going to heal many more people. If I'm not used to prophesy anymore and I know I'm going to keep prophesying. I want Jesus to know me. I want him to know me. And from that intimate knowledge that Jesus has of me, that's where I want everything to flow from all the power, all the gifts. I want it to all flow from that place. My intimacy with Jesus. We have to have that heart. I encourage you to get into your prayer closet. I encourage you to follow God's standards and I encourage you to say, yes, I will go. Not 10 days from now, not two weeks from now. I'm not going to make light of it. I'm not going to return to whatever business I was a part of before. I say, yes, I will go. Do what God is telling you to do. God is usually very clear with us. It's just us. We add the confusion to it. You know what God says. You can read, you see what the word says, do what the Bible says. This is a narrow road and few there be that find it. You gotta be looking for something in order to find it. You have to be. I pray that you're looking for this narrow path as you've received your gifts. I'm happy for them. As you receive the call, I'm happy for it. Make sure that you have on the proper attire when you enter into that wedding. Because if not, you're going to get thrown right out when the time comes, when Jesus is looking over to see who has abided a faithful to what they were called and chosen to do. Okay, so we're going to pick this back up tomorrow. Just remember that God has placed things within you. Glory to the name of the Lord. And God wants those things to come out. He wants to use those things. Live right. Live holy. Um, the Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. That's a command. He's telling you, I want you to be this way. Okay. So we want to get all hyped up. No, God makes me holy. Yeah. But there's a certain way that you have to be to stay that way. Okay. So be holy because the God you serve is holy. I'm happy about your gifts. I'm happy about the call. Make sure that you're living in a way that does justice to what God has placed in you. Glory to God. And um, I believe the Lord's best for you in the name of Jesus. We're going to continue this conversation tomorrow. Father, in Jesus name, thank you for the gifting. Thank you for the calling in the name of Jesus. Help us to feel the sense of urgency to come and answer that call and in that invitation and to do whatever it is you have called us to do. God, we thank you for the work. We thank you for the calling. We want to be among those who are chosen. 
Help us to search our lives and see what we need to remove and what we need to change and what we need to be stripped from so that we can put on this robe of righteousness and it not be spotted. Lord, we want to be adorned appropriately. Hallelujah. As we stand before you and do your work in the name of Jesus, we want you to know us. Glory to the name of the Lord. So Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to say the words of Rebecca, I will go. Whatever I have to sacrifice, whatever I have to do, I will go. Whatever it is you need from me, whoever it is you need me to stop talking to, I will go. Whatever place I need to leave, wherever I need to move to, I will go. Regardless of what I went through last year, regardless of what I may go through this year, I will go. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you so much. And we say yes to the call. We say yes to the invitation. Glory to the name of the Lord. And we ask you, Heavenly Father, by your spirit to teach us how to operate in our gifting. We love you. And it's in your name that we do pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I seal these prayers with the blood of Jesus. And I bind every demon of backlash and retaliation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.